There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Benched with Bubba, episode 52. Not a sports episode tonight. We're talking Game of Thrones, season seven finale, and much, much more. Returning to talk Thrones with me, we have Nathan Dawkin from, he's got, you know, big guy fantasy sports, the nasty cast, all the good stuff he does. Nate, how are we doing tonight? Fantastic. I am stoked to be on once again, talking with you, man, and, and with our special guest as well. Uh, it, it's it's going to feel tremendous to get all this pent-up Game of Thrones talk out. <laughs> it's, it's a very good thing yeah. that we planned this like immediately the day after the airing because there's so much to talk about, man. So much goodness. I'm stoked. I knew I need to talk to somebody. That's why I asked both of you. I don't know, at least a month ago now, I started looking at the calendar say we need to do this. So the other lovely individual joining us tonight, you can find him on the Mr. or Dear Mr. Fantasy and the FNTSY Sports Network. Michael Yevniali, how are you doing tonight? Seven hells, I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, that is outstanding to hear. Great to have you. Uh, this is going to be awesome tonight. Awesome stuff. Yeah, can't wait. Let's kick it off. Let's get right into it. The season seven finale last night, a lot went down. It's funny. You look at the different, you know, websites or whatever. Some were angry. It didn't have all the fireworks you wanted, but apparently they've never watched Game of Thrones. That's always the episode before the finale, but there was plenty of fireworks in my opinion. Let's just kick it off at the top or we'll skip to when they met at, uh, as they're walking, let's do that. As they're walking towards the, the uh, dragon's pit, in King's Landing, I thought of you immediately, Nate. Yeah. Your guy was having a heart to heart with Brienne. Let's yeah, talk dude. Hound. <laughs> the Hound, my boy. <laughs> I'm gonna. I tell you what, if if he gets the axe next season, and he probably will at some point, he seems like one of the guys who will not make it to the end. He's not like a full on essential character, but he does have one of my, you know, my favorite character arcs of really of any character ever. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna be beyond sad when he dies. Uh, because I just love him, and it was yeah, it was really cool. I, I one of my f- absolute favorite parts of this episode was, um, well, it, it was this, and then the the previous episode as well, Beyond the Wall. I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit, but just when these all these characters are sort of converging again, they're reuniting with each other, and just the conversations that they have. I could, I mean, you could make a sitcom out of like the Hound and Tormund, you know. <laughs> from that last episode and then it was really cool this episode to to uh see him talking with brienne again and they're making all nice after she basically killed him 
the last time it took him within uh, an ounce of his life and now they're besties because they you know they're like oh look at our little murder baby she's all grown up and killing people with you know different faces and they're all happy so so that it uh you know it warmed my soul yeah it was pretty it's pretty funny watching at first when she walks up to them he has this look at oh crap she's here and then they have their heart to heart and you, you realize it's one thing when I think we've talked about it before i always liked about the hound is he's he tries to be a hard ass and he can be but especially this season he, everyone got to see it in multiple episodes that he really has a soft side and especially for aria that's why he never you know killed her in the first place it was always about money but there was more to it than that so that was fun to see there was another conversation and mike you can hit on the hound thing if you like but also bran and Tyrion. They were trying to be really rough to each other in the end. It was the I miss you, I miss you. What what do you think of the Tyrion brand thing or even the Hound and Brienne? Uh, well, you, to, starting about the Hound, it's also one of my favorite characters on the entire show. He has some of the greatest lines in the history of Game of Thrones. But if you look back at you know the Hound's whole story, if you guys remember uh, season one, season two, the Hound's always had a soft spot. He was in love with Sansa. He was in love with Arya, basically. Not in love with her, but he took care of him. He's a caretaker. I mean, you know, this is the guy who lugged that box up from the dragon pit with no help because he wouldn't let anybody else help him because he doesn't want anybody in danger. That's that's who this guy is. You know what I mean? The first time you see him, he's jumping in and trying to save Loras Terrell, who he doesn't care about at all, you know, from his brother because it's the right thing to do. So, yeah, while I think I agree with you, Nate, that the Hound is going to bite it, uh, in season eight, I think he's going to fight the Clegane Bull and he's going to lose. Uh, you know, that's one of my pet theories. But yeah, well, look, man, you know, it, it's got to happen. I think they're both going to end up dead uh, in that yeah. in that fight. But uh, well, the mountain's you know, already dead, technically. Technically, yes. But <laughs> we're gonna. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna post. Uh, we're gonna dragon glass him. Uh, but uh, I, you know, the Hound is a really is a really uh, has been a caretaker the entire time, which is which is the amazing thing about the complexity of the character. Now, the Braun Tyrion conversation that was very 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 interesting because Braun is another character that I really love. So Braun of the Blackwater, you know, this is a guy who's complicated. He's been complicated since you met him. You know, you think he's just money motivated, and then at the end, I think they planted a little seed there. They plant a little seed there. It's good to see you too, is the last thing that he said. And he means it. You saw Jamie riding north at the end of the episode. I think Sobron's going with him. I don't think Sobron is staying in King's Landing. I don't I think he's gonna end up doing what's right in spite of himself. Now, do I think he's gonna survive the entire series? No, I don't either. I think he's biting it too. But you know, there's uh there's a real I mean it's it, it amazed me that people complained that there were no fireworks last night. Did you not see the dragon knock down the wall? I, I mean, I thought I saw that. You yeah, know, it was ice that works. was something, something that happened. You know, there was an ice dragon that that blew down an eight thousand year old wall. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, the the thing about Game of Thrones that's made it what it is is not the CGI. It's not the war. It's not the battles. It's not the supernatural. That's not what these books have been about. It's not what the series is about. The series breaks all the rules of fantasy because it's not good versus evil. It's something more complicated. And last night's episode in particular, better than just about any episode in the season, other than maybe uh, maybe the uh, loot train attack one, 
which had everything. It really married the two things that Game of Thrones is about, and that's why I found it so just just really just off the hook last night. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've really really enjoyed about this season. It happened a lot last night. Nate, you mentioned it uh, in the previous episode. All the little dialogues that are happening between these characters, it just builds so much of what's going on that if you're not paying attention, you might miss a little something. And we could talk about the last episode later, but those two conversations, when they get in into the you know the dragon's pit, there's just there's conversations everywhere all the time. When after they talk, when Danny and John are talking on the side, there's just little things everywhere that are very interesting. We'll we'll just jump around here, but uh, when the hound walks up to the mountain, I knew they weren't going to fight right there, but a little part of me got a little excited. I'll be honest. Yeah. That you did. Was, I wasn't sure. <laughs> well, because I, I, I thought they'd stay civil for a little while. I, I, I eventually thought something bad would happen. I'm surprised nothing did. But when he walked up, that was just perfect hound, just looking him straight in his dead eyes. Um, you th- So, Mike, you think the hound's going to die. I'm pretty sure Nate does not. Interesting. Well, yeah. Uh, I've I've gone back and forth. It would be nice to see the redemption of the hound killing, you know, Sir Gregor. Uh, but you know, obviously with George R. R. Martin, that's not necessarily his style. <laughs> so I don't have any expectations one way or the other. I really hope that the hound would win that battle, but you know, uh, there's definitely an element of doubt there. But it's kind of weird. I don't really know what to expect from the mountain anymore. He doesn't really do anything these days. He had several opportunities throughout this episode to kill people. Yeah, I, you know, he's just sort of a hired hand at this point. He just does whatever the hell Cersei tells him to do. Um, well, he's a for, right in a sense. In a sense, yeah, so he's not much for conversation anymore because it seems like with any kind of provocation, like if you go back to season one, uh, you know, where they were they were fighting during the joust, like Gregor just. He'll go off the handle, man. If if you 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 say one cross word to him, he'll cut you in two. And so to to see him just sort of um, honestly, he's kind of a hound now. Like he just does does whatever uh, his his owner Cersei tells him to do. It's it's kind of a bummer, but there's still got to be a great fight in there coming up. Did you guys ever think you'd see basically every major character, or at least like ninety percent of them, walking together and talking together? at all at one point in this serious period? Well, I mean, I did eventually. I mean, if, once you knew it was going to have an end point. Um, and the funny thing about, you know, saying that, I mean, I, I love it and I love what they're doing. I, I admire these guys, uh, the showrunners, very much. Uh, there's been a lot of complaining on the Internet about, you know, how they're wrapping it up and the timelines being accelerated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The best thing I ever read uh, that I've read so far about, you know, about this, it was actually an article about why George R. R. Martin may have be having a problem finishing the books, which is when you build a world like this, you basically built history, right? You know, you've built this entire rich world with history and everything. It, it mirrors human history, except human history doesn't have a series ending. It just goes on. You know, it doesn't wrap up neatly. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no series finale to history. So if you're going to take something like this with a rich world and and you're going to make it so that it's going to end this way, yeah, you're going to have to do some fan service and you're going to have to have these meetings that 
I find satisfying. I don't know why people don't. I really, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I wanted to see Tyrion and Braun come back together. I wanted to see the Hound and I wanted to see Brienne. I wanted to see all of these things and I'm getting to see them and I like the way they're handling it. Well, one of the things I thoroughly enjoyed was the fact this was probably the first time Cersei and Daenerys have seen each other in person. They now know what each other looks like. I have a feeling they don't even have a clue what each other looked like. So I, that one I never really saw talked about today at all, and I thought that was very interesting. Now the two people that basically want to dominate the world have a chance to look each other in the eye and you know kind of talk for a little bit. Of course, Cersei had to do her thing, but uh, what else did you take from that, uh, Nate? Yeah, boy, does Danny know how to make an entrance? <laughs> that cracked me up. Oh, yeah. Cersei's like, we've been sitting here forever. Thanks for you know making this grand entrance after we're sitting here bored off our asses, not saying anything. Um, I do apologize. Yeah, that, <laughs> that uh, I don't know that that whole back and forth between them, I guess, sort of went as expected. Um, you know, they, they John sort of prepared Danny, like you know, she's gonna say crap to provoke you, and <laughs> just don't don't fall into any of her traps. But there was there's a lot of fun back and forth there, and I really like what they did. Um, you know, I guess it kind of rounded out the show towards the end. You know, after they, I mean, that whole bit where they kicked the White Walker, uh, you know, the Hound kicks the White Walker out of the box. And uh, it's kind of funny when they took the top off and they're like, is it dead? What happened to it? Kept <laughs> us in suspense a little bit. Um, so then it comes out and, you know, scares the poop out of Cersei. And, um, you know, and then Euron, that's that's what I was getting at. He just he cracks me up, you know, the, uh, the provocation of Theon, you know, that's one thing, but just to see him like this scares the hell out of me. Peace out. Like I'm gone. <laughs> and then that, you know, that seemed a little bit out of character. It made me laugh, but I thought that was pretty weird. So then to round it back, you know, when, when Cersei is talking with Jamie at the end and she's like, do you really think that he just, you know, was a chicken shit and took off? No, we, we got this all planned out. He's on his way to get the golden, the golden cloaks. I think they're called. So the gold cloaks, that... yeah. I have an interesting question for you. Do you believe her? Yes. I don't. Yeah. What do you think is up? I think she's just saying whatever she can say to keep control over Jamie. I'm not even sure she's pregnant. Yeah. I don't think she's pregnant. I don't think she is. I, but I, uh, I do think she's the reality. I think she had a, I think she had a plan. Yeah, you could be right. I think she had a plan just because, like you said, so far out of character for Euron to just walk up and leave. And I know I seriously would not have left let him just walk out. That would not have happened. They no. had a deal in place. That's just my opinion. It wouldn't have happened that easily. You never know, but that's that's my thought there. But, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, to me it, it it plays so that she knew what was up and uh, I don't know if she counted on Jamie necessarily putting up so much resistance and taking off in the end. I don't know if she banked on that because she's it's basically like her in the mountain now and Kyburn doing his Kyburn things. Kyburn, uh, I, I I thought he was gonna take I thought he was gonna take the hand with him and go like cuddle later. Yeah, uh, he was. That was that was a great look. He was just like, wow, this <laughs> is unbelievable. How do you he was do? So this? stoked. Is <laughs> this for me? <laughs> That's like getting yeah, a bunch of roses for a lady. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely was. But um, I guess we can kind of – we'll come back to this. You you went on the Jamie route, and I do want to talk about that. So, like I said, we'll just kind of bounce around everywhere. I think it's really interesting 
because ever since, in my eyes, ever since Jamie told Brienne a long time ago why he really killed the Mad King, and that's why he's the Kingslayer. You, you sh- it shows that he's, you know, he's doing things for a good cause. He's not an evil person like people thought he was. He's not like his sister. So you watch him go through these years, and he, he takes care of people when he has to. He does what he, what he has to for her. Kind of both sides of it. But this episode, even the last few, really show how worried slash sick and tired of his sister he's getting. And he, he's always trying to talk her off the ledge. And it, it ended with her basically, I thought she gave the mountain the signal to kill him. She did. But, yeah, and he didn't do it, which shocked me. So he's going to be with the good guys because that's what he wants to do. And it also kind of goes with the whole theory from way back when, when she saw the prophecy of someone that she loves choking her to death, basically. What were your thoughts on that, Mike? His growth, uh, basically. That was that scene between Jamie and Cersei uh, was, I think, other than the moment uh, of Sansa uh, and Littlefinger and Arya, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, oh, yes. My favorite moment in maybe maybe in the entire season um, in terms of what he did. Now that prophecy is interesting because that prophecy specifies not someone she loves, but the word they use is Valonqar, which is High Valyrian for little brother. So that basically could be Jaime killing Cersei. It could be Tyrion killing Cersei. It could be the baby killing Cersei, if there's a baby. It could be Rhaegal the dragon killing Cersei. It could be a lot of different people. I personally, going by what George R. R. Martin normally does, I think we're in for Jaime killing Cersei. Uh, sometime during season eight. As a matter of fact, I thought it might happen last night, but I'm glad it didn't uh, because I think that there's more to do there uh, with those two for sure. Uh, I really, really, uh, I mean, the performances, first of all, I mean, we got to talk about Lynn Heaty for a second here. This is fantastic what she's doing. I mean, if she doesn't get nominated for an award, uh, this is phenomenal. And Nikolai Kostervaldo also completely underappreciated what he's done with this character. You know, it, it was just just a, a fantastic moment, just a fantastic moment, a fantastic scene. I look forward to seeing, you know, how they wrap that story up. Yeah, I, I especially loved Nikolai Kostrowaldo Cost- throughout the season. Like the amount of looks that he had where he was just stunned, like he got kicked in the balls. <laughs> so, I think every single episode, there is at least one moment where I was like, man, he's just nailing Jamie right now. <laughs> that look, so that look when he that look when he saw Drogon burning the, that that was just I mean yeah. so so gifable it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he's like the only sane one in that in the King's Landing crew that knows what the problem really is at hand and knows yep. we don't have a chance. It's just, it's crazy, but Cersei just won't back down, and that's why you said she's played the character so. Uh, to be like a, a dictator essentially and she's a hateable person and she just does it to an extremely very 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 good part um let's take this another direction now let's get more to talk about at the dragon's pit oh, I, oh no we actually do never mind so <sighs> Tyrion. let's just cut to the chase how is he still alive Besides the fact, what I do want to say is the fact that Jamie's alive and Tyrion's alive goes back to the whole story that she loves her family more than anything. Mm-hmm. But 
how did that all go down? Nate, start us off with that. Well, boy, it was some tense moments, especially for Tyrion. That's <laughs> one of my favorite parts where he doesn't actually get cut into a quarter man by the mountain. And he like takes his deep breath and he walks over and just chugs wine. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that was a gamble. I'm glad I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that I, I think that he is sort of turned into a little bit of a wild card in all this. He's doing some sort of shifty stuff throughout this whole episode and we don't know exactly what went down in that conversation with him and Cersei you know exactly what got her to change her mind all of a sudden you know uh and I'm guessing that he perhaps made some kind of uh truce with her uh not exactly sure you know what it would be but uh it is it can't be good <laughs> and then at the end uh we were talking about this before we started uh recording too uh just the, the creepy ass look that he had you know they, they showed yeah, him just standing there with, with danny and john totally doing it yeah i don't know i think that he's he's done something that's going to potentially get him killed or get a lot of people killed yeah he's not lasting much longer uh, he's, think, he spent Mike? the entire season screwing up yeah. yeah, taking heavy L's, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much everything but, that he did, it, like screwed Daenerys. He was wrong, wrong all the time. Yeah, he, you, you can't. You, the only person that can be more wrong than that is a weatherman. So <laughs> it's just it's crazy what he did. Now they make their deal, they make their truce, all that good stuff. Then we we talked about Jamie and all that. If we missed anything, I apologize, but I want to get to the best part of the episode, which you already mentioned, Mike. Back at Winterfell, the girls, which I had a good, good feeling because Arya is too smart to be duped by Littlefinger, they got theirs, and I literally jumped off my couch so did and I. she turned her head and looked at him. <laughs> it, it was the coolest thing because I've been dying. I, I told people, like, I think he's the big guy going. When they, they laid that out there and then – Arya killed him with the knife that they gave to kill Bran. Just the whole sequence was absolutely amazing. Watching him cry and cry. And then Bran finally did something when he basically started re reciting the speech that he gave to Ned about being a, you know, all that stuff before he died. It was awesome. Yep. Absolutely awesome. What were your thoughts, Mike? Uh, just, you know, I, I, I got a little worried there because I lost my faith in Sansa Stark. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's it, the, 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 my favorite line that she, that she gave in that whole scene. She looked at him. She said, I am a slow learner, but I do learn. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. That's what I'm talking about. And then, I mean, Bran, yeah, seals the deal with the direct quote, which you're never going to get anything by the Stark children again when they're all together because Bran's going to tell them, nope, that's not true. Uh but uh, no, it was it was really really great to see the fact that Arya kind of set this whole thing up and set it in motion uh, because she's had Littlefinger on her list since season one. You know when she made the list, Littlefinger was third on it, I think, behind Cersei and Joffrey. And uh, she's wanted to do that for a long time. The Valyrian steel dagger doing it that way is just poetic justice. That's why she was carrying it in all the promos. Um, you know, just just excellent to see Sansa sort of grow into, you know, mini Cersei, pretty much. Cersei 2.0, Cersei with a conscience, maybe yeah. a little bit of a conscience, I don't know. 
But uh, it's pretty formidable. Now, my only worry about the Starks is that they're all sitting there in Winterfell, and uh, I just saw 100,000-plus dead men walking towards Winterfell, closer to Winterfell than the people on the ships. So that's uh, problematic for me. Uh, I am concerned about them, but uh, I have a feeling that they will come out of this because I think that both sisters particularly and Bran also has much more to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wanted to say too that like that whole um, Sansa versus Arya infighting was my least favorite part about the season leading into that final episode. And if it hadn't ended the way that it did, I would have been extremely disappointed probably in just the season as a whole. So I'm like, man, after all they've been through, you know, they're finally back together. Uh, you'd think that they're smarter than all this, but really it was just the show, you know, the showrunners setting us up for that that one moment, you know, where they pulled out the rug from under us. And I thought, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I thought that the pulling of the rug and the way that they handled that in the last season, it makes up for this sort of really wonky sort of stuff. Like, you know, you yeah. saw the scene with the letter and saw the dagger and it was like, what is going on and why is this here? And now last night I went, Oh, now I see. Now yeah, I, and, now and I, I, I <laughs> Yes, exactly. And I, I, I was I was honestly I was with you, Mike. I was really worried that like they weren't like they were naive enough, you know, that Sansa really hadn't learned her lessons about Peter Baelish after all these years. But then as soon as uh you know, they showed the room or Arya walking in, the second that I saw Bran sitting up there, I'm like, Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, going to end well. She knows Bran wasn't gonna let it happen. Oh no. No, no. No. That's, what was, that's what was driving me nuts for the longest time. It's like, just ask Bran. He knows what's going on here. Yeah, that's the worst part is they could do that for so many things. Like, hey, what's John up to right now? Go check it out for us. Let us know what's up. Well, yeah. I want to talk about Bran, actually. I have many pet theories about Bran. I've heard a ton, yeah. Yeah. Now, initially, up two, three weeks ago, I thought to myself, I said, well, Bran is the Night King. And now I've decided maybe not. I don't think so. They've shown us the origin of the Night King. We know what the Night King is or who he is or what he's done. I do, however, think that Bran is every Brandon Stark that ever existed throughout time, including Brandon the Builder who built the wall. Now, well, I mean, you've, you've, we've seen him travel through time and we've seen him interact with the visions that he has in these other times, like, you know, at the Tower of Joy, his father heard him, you know, he's the voice in the ear of the Mad King saying, burn them all. That's Bran. You know, this is, the Night King grabbed him in the vision that he had uh, before the saddest moment in the history of television, the demise of Hodor. Um, yes. I, I, I actually wept when that happened, and that's that's a rare thing for me. Yeah. It's a rare thing for me in television. I actually, that's the one time in the entire series that I was screaming at the TV, no, no, no. Yeah, dude, that, um, that that episode, yeah, that, that hit me harder than maybe any other episode of the yeah, series, too. That was like even more than the Red Wedding, more than the Benetting. Dark and silent. Very tough. Just very horrible. Tough. Yeah. Horrible. But I do think that Bran has been through history, and because there have been many Brandon Starks throughout history, and I think Brandon Stark that we see now is all of them at various points, and I do think that he is going to be the one who is going to ultimately stop the Night King. 
I do agree with that last part. I definitely agree with that last part. I don't disagree with any of it, but I definitely think he is the key to stopping the whole thing, especially, you know, once you take the Night King out, they all collapse, as we found out last episode. Yes. Thank you, Barry. So that, that's a very important factor that apparently no one knew. <laughs> but um, it's weird because I've heard that he's the Night King part, and this season, if you really look at the side-by-side facial features, they have yeah. a resemblance. Yes, they, they do. have a very yeah. resemblance. They really <laughs> it could be the same actor in there. It could be. Yeah. Literally could be. Um, except he can walk, which is cool. Well, no, the and, actor's name, the actor who plays the Night King's name is Richard Brake. Oh, so they are different. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like I've heard things where he could have been warged back to the day they trans they made the Night King with the you know the kids, and it could be that. Well, there's so many that happened. Yeah, that's the that's the part where I don't agree with that theory. But yeah. someone's like, oh yeah, it could be him because he's been to scenes where he's in both. Yeah. So that's why they said it could be. It's it's really 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 weird and it seems like he said you know he whispered into the the mad king's ear to burn it all i just hope to god this doesn't have like a sopranos twist at the end where it's just like brand's little <laughs> plot the whole time that well, would just his, be so him disappointing. Being the night king would be too lost for me it would be like oh smoke monster it was all a dream no 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 let's wrap it up right speaking of a smoke monsters where's the smoke baby oh the smoke baby served its purpose <laughs> <laughs> that 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 came and went way too fast. Well, that smoke baby was born for a specific. So Dennis. Bill Renly Baratheon done. <laughs> well played. Um, but uh, speaking of Bran, unless you had more on uh, theories, Nate, I have another Bran question. Well, I've got. Uh, we can wait on the sort well, of theory yeah, that, uh, that I have for the, all the show. Game. All right. Well, I I just don't. I guess maybe this is a little in the weeds. I don't know, but then it, it's this has been more of a thing in the books uh, than it has in the show. And I'm not all the way through the books, so I'm I'm kind of going through like some online paraphrasing. Uh, but I'm working my way through. But you know, they to a certain extent they have sort of left the whole uh, Azor High Prince that was promised storyline. Like they've touched on it a little bit whenever like Melisandre is around a time or two. But it seems to me like you know. George R. R. Martin loves his his uh, his prophecies and his you know everything comes back around kind of thing. That I I think that the way the show will end is you know the whole prince that was promised coming back again, and uh, assuming that I mean the way that it's going that that Azor High would be Jon Snow just because he's sort of the center of the the entire show, and so I I think that eventually he will have to do his thing. It'll probably lead to the death of Danny, and I agree with he's, you. He's going to be the one to uh, to take down the Night King. I can see so that. I, I'm waiting for I, uh, I'm waiting for John to ride a, a dragon. You'll see it. That's what I want. You'll see it. It's got real to, soon. Yeah. I hope. Well, I mean, one of them is named There's one left. His dad for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying it's it's too easy not to. But yeah. the other question I have with our topic with Bran. It went too fast, and it still sucks that only him and Tarly know, but that scene was one of the best scenes. It, it, I was going to be so mad if they didn't actually come out and say it, even though everybody knew it. But now that somebody besides Bran knows who John really is, the only awkward part, like I told Nate earlier, is literally the second they, that he says he's the rightful heir to the throne, it cuts to him banging his aunt. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, which <laughs> is a little awkward. Which is, which is right on brand for Targaryens. Targaryens used to marry sister and brother. 
Oh, they're 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 in the game. Yep. Yeah, you got to keep um, the bloodlines pure, baby. Yep, that's old time royalty. Now, here's an interesting thought. Why didn't Bran know about the annulment of the marriage? I was wondering the same thing. Why did he not know everything? He knew every other aspect of the entire thing except that. He knows every yeah, aspect kinda of like, everything that ever happened. Why didn't he know that? That's it's kind of like he just glossed over that part. <laughs> There's just these Does two that, people hanging out by the river, dying their hands together. No big deal. He doesn't strike me as a glosser over, though. No, I know. <laughs> it's, no. Uh, I, I, don't, I mean, they, so, I, they sort of... Uh, tried to cover their bases earlier on in the season, I think, when he said that, you know, it's still, uh, I can't remember exactly what he said. It's still kind of choppy, basically. Like, I'm still missing bits here and there. So oh, maybe okay. maybe that sort of covers their ass on that one. But it is a little weird. It was strange. And I, I was, it made me wonder, because it was the High Septon, you know, I'm, it makes me wonder, like, if you have no connection to the old gods, can he read everything or does he have missing things? That's a great question. Maybe he has to just, as he ages, he gets more, I don't know, power might not be the right word, but... Well, it's, I, think they call it, I think they call it green sight? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, because that, that's a very important thing he definitely missed. Yeah. How, how do you guys think John finds out? Oh, wow. that was what I was going to bring up is like how long how long into the next season too does it take before he freaking knows because it seems like there's it's only a, what, six episodes right six episodes yeah, they're all about they're all about an hour and a half to two hours at least right I'm hoping I mean, it's got to be the first or second episode he finds out well I think you you know your theory Nate about about the end of Daenerys that would be the reason why the reason yep. why John has to kill Daenerys is because Daenerys resents John being the actual heir to the Iron Throne. And the question about Daenerys is, does she really care about changing the world or does she really care about sitting on the Iron Throne? You know, that is, that's really what the question is uh, that you got to look at, I think. Um, and we'll see. I, I think he's going to have to find out right away because that's going to set the rest of the events between the two of them in motion. Yes, yes, that is very true because it seems like she wants nothing more in this world than to be on that throne. And especially now that she's already holding over his head that you killed one of her children because of your foolish acts that um, I don't see that going over very well. Well, what's funny is he doesn't even really want the throne. He's never wanted all this power. No, he doesn't want it at all. Well, that's, that's why I was thinking, like, I agree that he should be the one on the throne. Everything makes sense. He's also such a weirdly humble guy. He could he I could see him going okay I'll just take care of the north you take care of the throne I'm I'm a Stark at heart I was born and raised in the north I know it's not yeah. how it's going to end but I could still see that happening well yeah that's I, his I don't think everyone else is going to let him do that though that's the problem yeah that is very true but I could so see him doing that too it's just too easy yeah I, mean, I wonder if he even like once he knows that he is Aegon Targaryen does he even take the name or is he like you know I'm I'm still Jon Snow. That's who I am. Aegon the Conqueror. You know, I, I, I would take that name. It's kind of awesome. It is. Yeah, but he's like, you know, like Bubba just said, he's stubborn as hell, man. And he he's, is. He's as loyal as you can get to House Stark. So yeah. it's like it's like Tyrion flat out said, is it too hard for you to lie just once? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I don't see him taking it very well. 
more like, no, I'll get out of here type stuff. But I don't know. I don't know how they're going to prove it, prove it to him without just saying brand told you unless Sam brought the book back. That's the only thing I think of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume that they'll work that but, into uh, the story where he did. And then between, between that and brand and his visions, knowing everything that should be enough to convince him. But then it's, my, you know, my, my, getting the word out to the general populace about that too. Yes. That's the other part. Cause how are you going to get them to all know about it? So they know, Hey, this is the right guy here. Not these two over here. No, they'll so. see him ride in on a dragon. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, that <laughs> usually, usually takes control of the party real quick. Yeah. What does Sir Jorah say? The common people pray for what? Good harvest and eternal summer, and they they bow to dragons. That's what they do. And they bow to dragons. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting that a lot of the storylines of why one of her dragons was killed because he wasn't big enough and strong enough, and then she even makes the point in the dragon's pit that we raised them and tied them up and locked them up, which she basically did. Mm -hmm. And that's why they really think they're dead. That's why they went extinct for a while. So she's kind of slowly learning from her ways, I think by hanging out with John and kind of getting humbled, which is really interesting, but you're just waiting for that moment for her to snap. You can see it in her. So, so close. Um, so you think John kills her is what you're going with. Yeah. I'm going to agree with that. Hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been foretold, right? So <laughs> George loves his prophecies, man. I, I think that's. Uh, it's 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 got to end like that somehow. And there's a lot of different ways that it can happen. You know, they also say in the prophecy that he'll, uh, you know, he'll be born again, born of uh, smoke and salt, and so that leads me to believe. I don't know. Maybe he gets, I don't know, lit on fire or something like that, and he's sort of reborn, and everybody, you know, finds out that he's. This uh, all-powerful Targaryen, you know, prince that was promised, and he's this—he's the legendary hero. But then, uh, yeah. To, although, to... although, and not to cut you off, I—I'm—I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down for sure. The noun in High Valyrian has no gender. Yes, right. So it may not be him; it may be her. It could be. She was, in a sense, reborn in smoke yes. and salt which is tears mm -hmm. so it could be her too and it could be her that kills him you don't know i mean he is the song of ice and fire that's what he is but you know it's it's possible that uh it's possible that we're looking at something you know we're, we're looking at we're looking at her you know it's uh he, he's just goofy enough to let her kill him to make it easier too yeah he would do something like that <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> just goofy um, question I have the snow that was coming down in King's Landing as Jamie was leaving finally uh, finally yes I kept saying winter is coming in episode one where the hell's the snow but <laughs> what I want to know is the whole idea of if we go to the north Cersei's going to take over the ground does that slow her down immensely or is it just a small little slowdown Oh man, um, her people aren't prepared for that. No, they're not. They're they're Southerners. They they've been in the South their entire lives, and that's I think yeah. going to slow her down tremendously. Uh, you know, I mean, especially if it's as bad as winter appears to be this year, or this generation, or however long this is going to last. Yeah. Um, do you guys think Nate? You can start if you want. Do you think there's any chance the Night King teams up with Cersei? No, 
I, I, he seems like he is not one to talk or negotiate with anybody or anything. It's just him and his army taking over everything. I don't think he, he has is, any kind of interest in alliances. That's true. It's interesting that you guys that you bring that up, uh, Bubba, because they asked Benioff and Weiss whether the Night King would ever speak. Whether why he's he's never spoken. That's a good question. I've wondered that as well. And they said no, he will not. And they asked why, and the answer was because we don't see him as anything except for death. He's death. Ah. He's coming for us all. He's not negotiating. There's nothing to negotiate with. There's no bargaining. There's no nothing. Death is coming for everyone. So, you know, the the way it with Valamorgulis, all men die, it's the, the Night King will, I don't think the Night King's interested in, in, in alliances. Now, what I do want to find out is what do the walkers want? Yeah, good point. We don't know anything about them. We know that the for the children of the forest created them during the war with the first men. But why? How? And why did they go north of the wall? There was a truce that ended the long night. It was a truce. So did the, I mean what happened to the walkers and and why did they wake up now? There have been winters over 8,000 years that they didn't wake up. Why are they awake now? What do they want? What's going on? It would be just exactly George R. R. Martin to say that, you know what, the walkers aren't just mindless, evil creatures. They want something. They feel betrayed. They feel that, you know, yeah. so I think we've got to find that out. Well, that's kind of what bugged me is there was a long stretch there this season. We didn't see them. And there's so much to them. I know they're just walking through the snow. I get it. But we could have saw, like, so much more. They got a bear. I didn't know they had bears. Yeah, <laughs> we it was it, and all kinds of stuff. Two Speaking giants. of two giants, which is terrifying. Yeah. Well, and then if you go back all the way to season one with old Nan when she was telling the stories to Bran after he oh, had his spiders. little tumble out of the window, yeah, they got spiders, whatever it was, the size of horses or whatever. Spiders is the size of hounds, she said. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. Well, uh, speaking of you know as their army grows and grows, so they took down the wall. Which was, first off, how did you think that went down? Did you think the Blue Dragon was what you expected it to be? Or was it a little disappointing? Oh, I was very happy with it. <laughs> yeah, it was so, awesome. So was I. I was just, you know, was, I, I've heard so many people complain. I don't know what they're complaining about. Yeah, why would they complain? Yeah, because they're they're idiots. But it's <laughs> a whole other story. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> they're, they're, re they're realists watching a fantasy TV show. Yeah. Yeah, that's just dumb, but, but uh, I will say that I felt somewhat, um, I don't know, cheated, spoiled by it, just because, like, you saw that in the movie posters, basically, at the, you know, at the onset of it, and so it sort of seems weird to have, like, the very last thing that happens in the season put on a movie poster. You got the, the Night King on top of an ice dragon who's spitting blue flame. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I wasn't the only one to have seen that. And then no, so I saw it too. That's why I asked you about Cersei because there's a poster with them on the same side, and he's riding his dragon, and then you have John and and uh, Daenerys on the other side coming towards them. Hmm. That's why I was curious. Do they team up to go at it? Because if the everything else in the poster is true so far, except that. Yeah, I would see that as just more of a good versus evil sort of. Thing yeah, which makes which makes a ton of sense. And if sense. they did, honestly, that would piss me off. I would oh, be horrible. Yeah, totally. The only thing that would be helpful for is the writers because they can kill two birds with one stone, right? But right. um 
when that wall came down, this is where I was going with this. We lost a lot of men. Well, not a lot, but a good handful of men. But more importantly, we missed we, – we, we lost a, a great, great ginger, as the hound would say, because he hates gingers. <laughs> do you think – he might be just bones now, but do you think he comes back as a white walker and walks into Winterfell? Oh, I don't think he's dead. No, me neither. That was the thing I was talking with somebody because they never showed him dead. And that's yeah. a yeah, big no thing way. on Game of Thrones. Because remember, they're at Eastwatch. Now, Eastwatch is the castle at the end of the wall, but what they knocked down was the very, 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 very end of the wall that's in the sea. That's Eastwatch, I don't think, is 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 there. I, I think I think Tormund and Beric and Jorah, I think they survived. I actually yeah. do think they survived. I think we would have seen them die. Okay, that's what I was yeah, wondering. Absolutely. I was quite, uh, quite disheartened when I saw that. I was like, no. It's like I was telling somebody had a theory that Arya already had Peter Baelish's face and this whole thing. And I said, if Peter Baelish dies off screen, I will probably stop watching this show. <laughs> so yeah, they, they don't do that to the main characters. Happen. No. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have anything else from the finale you would like to discuss? I'm all yours. Hmm. I think we hit most of it. I think it. we hit most of it. I think we, yeah. Well, we didn't really get Mike's complete theory. What are your thoughts on why Tyrion was standing outside the door while Daenerys was getting at it with Jon? Oh, boy. Well, uh, neither of them are good. Um, and I actually like you guys better. I, I think he may have sold out. He may have sold himself or sold Daenerys, at least, to Cersei. Um the other one is that he's sort of in love with her the way that Sejora was uh, or is. But uh, you know, I, I actually like that better. I think that I think that, uh, I think that, uh, that you're right. I think that it's it's more about treason than it is about about lust. This show would be perfect for treason, but at the same time, I've seen the lust angle because when they left already to come to Westeros, she says you need to leave your loved ones behind because you can't show you have a love interest. He might have already been planting a seed that you need to stay single for me, but uh, I think there's something way, way more evil to that, especially because he knows he's on his last leg with her. And then, like you said, we never saw what he agreed to do with Cersei because Cersei's not going to just say, oh, great point, brother. Great yeah. point. That's so, yeah, not in character for her. Yeah, what do you think, Nate? Yeah, he, he definitely offered her something huge that we will not you know, know of until some point next season. They'll probably do another one of those uh, pull the rug out from underneath you moments and they'll be like, oh, you know, it was a, sort of a double cross or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't predict exactly what, what he's got going on in his head. But um, another part right. that we that we could touch on too is um, everybody's favorite eunuch, Theon. Oh, oh Theon. yes. How did I forget about the worst storyline on the planet? Oh, Theon. There we go. <laughs> yeah. What was the whole purpose of that besides this show? He might have found the balls he used to have. I think you hit on the only no purpose idea. it was. Yeah. I have no idea because we've been without him or his sister for so long and it has not affected the show at all. And they're going to Winterfell, which really there's no need for ships. I don't see the purpose behind this. Well, he just has to. I, I think he has to redeem himself, and he has to try to save his sister. Uh, you know, they allowed the character to redeem himself, which is, I guess, nice. Do I think he's going <laughs> to succeed? No, I don't. Uh, I think he's going to bite it. But 
you know, it was uh, good to see Theon become a Greyjoy again, I guess. I, I thought it was completely superfluous. He's, yeah, he's trying anyway, but it seems it, it feels like we've seen this movie before with him, and then he just turns into a cockless coward, as Euron would call him once <laughs> again. Like, and I, I don't know. I still hate him. I've hated him the entirety for the entirety of the show. I just everything good that he's done seems piddly in comparison to you know the the bad stuff that he's done. So I just don't even really care about him. I kind of hope that he just. I don't know. I, I wish his character would have died off, but it seems like if they're keeping him around this long, then he's he's got to have some big part to play in the final, you know, in the final season, in the final swing of things. I just don't know how they can really work it in. Like you guys said, what's he going to do with the bunch of ships? It seems kind of useless. Theon's the house facepalm. Yeah, exactly. House facepalm. Well put, because there's <laughs> there's so many people that should be dead in the show, but I don't think anybody more so than Theon Greyjoy. Yeah. That guy should be dead so many times. But you, you did mention his, his uncle Euron. I meant I was going to say it earlier. What are your guys' thoughts on Euron? I think the character is phenomenal. I think he does a great job playing him. But they really didn't utilize him that much. Like I, like he literally wasn't in the show for since they blew up the the fleet at um, oh crap at the Lannisters joint. Slipped in my mind. But they, it's been a while. Castle Rock. Castle Rock. Yeah. Castle Rock. Yes. So it has been a long, long time since we saw him. What are your guys' thoughts on Euron Greyjoy? Because they brought him in for a reason. You know, it, I think he's a great character. Uh, it's just they haven't – he's a little underdeveloped for my taste because they brought him in very late. True. You know. Like likes busty characters, fully developed. Well, yes. Fully developed, <laughs> yes. Post-pubescent. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's a little bit, I guess, uh, thin on the the character development. I mean, the actor's doing a great job, and the the writing of, of him is is great. I just, you know, if you're gonna bring him in, then let's see, you know, let's see him use him in more than three episodes. Yeah, totally agree. All right, let's just do some rapid fire real quick. If someone steals yours and you don't have another one, then it's all good. But we'll we'll let's go through a couple fun things. What was basically your favorite part or storyline of season seven, Nate? Oh man, I mean it's probably Sir Davos patenting his uh, his new line of fermented crab meat. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Guaranteed to put a hole in the front of your chainmail. Oh my god, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> now, um, I did jot down probably well. Okay, the the episode "The Spoils of War" was my favorite episode uh, of the season. One of my favorite episodes of the entire series. And if I was gonna uh, just single it down to one moment, you know, aside from all the awesome battle action, but just when when Bran is chatting, you know, chewing the fat with Littlefinger there, and Littlefinger is being all coy, and he's got his typical smirk on, and then Bran drops the chaos as a ladder line on him. That was so incredible. That gave me chills. The look on Littlefinger's face. I think. I, th I think at that point, even he sort of knew that uh, he was toast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so yeah, yeah like, that. If I had to pick a favorite like scene of that of the whole uh, yeah of the whole series or the, the whole season, that would probably be it. But uh, my favorite storyline overall is is got to be Jon Snow. He did so much this season, uh, leading the Snowy Seven. You know, beyond the wall to get the White Walker and <laughs> to totally get it on with Danny. 
he, he's literally his, his character is climaxing as we speak. It's unbelievable his storyline. Yep, it, it's pe- it's yeah. peaking. <laughs> what what do you what what about you, Mike? Well, my favorite scene of the season, I, I think I've tweeted at you probably about well, how many times this August? What seventeen, eighteen? Uh, yeah, that we. Yeah, a seventeen. Um, it was the the loot train attack. Uh, just unbelievable. I mean, yeah, unbelievably yeah. done. Just artfully shot. That's that's as good a use of CGI as you can possibly make. And what a payoff after waiting to see that for how many years? Six years. Yep. My favorite storyline, though, that they've done probably. Uh, I I really other than it is relationship driven, and it's a tie for me. It's the Sansa Arya storyline, the way they wrap that up, and then the Jamie Cersei storyline is just fascinating to me. It absolutely fascinates me. You know, I mean, because because I didn't see the twists coming. You know, Daenerys and John, you see coming. Uh, you know, there there are so many others that you looked at and you're like, yeah, I could see that happening. But what's going on with Jamie and Cersei is very, very, very intriguing because it's it's just Jamie finally growing up and realizing, wait a minute, I don't like you at all. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that. Yeah, that that felt really good to see him finally be like, piss off. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I've had enough. But yeah, I mean, I could just talk about the spoils of war of that episode. All day. My God. Like you said, Mike, I mean, finally getting to see those dragons in action on the battlefield and the Dothraki too. Like oh. that whole moment when they come screaming up there and then the, that camera shot was just gorgeous where they got them coming from behind and yeah. they're riding their horses into battle and screaming. And then that very first Dracarys and she just takes oh, out. A, I said it right along with her. Oh, God. Yes. That was That's so it. cool. No, I wasn't the only one, Mike. I no. was, oh, I Dracarys. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm right there with you. That was by far the highlight of the season for me. On a, with a lot, there was a lot of highlights, like you guys said, but we've waited for that for so, so long, and like you said, they did it beautifully. Yeah. And then from then on out, I felt the same way when she came into the north, and out of nowhere, you saw just a flame come through, and something about dragons. I said it every season. Yeah, I knew Viserion was going to bite it. And I was not happy. Knew that was coming, but just the loot train episode was amazing. Like you said, Nate, with the with the Darthraki, it starts out all they hear is just, it's like a scene out of Jurassic Park where the ground's shaking, the rumble, yeah, yeah, and that and that all of a sudden. I was, was going to say that, that that added added into it as well, like like you were saying, Mike, as far as the, what you did not see coming, like the the you know Jamie and poor Dickon and Braun are just sort of shooting the shit. You know, and all of a sudden, this this rumble coming starts coming. You're like, "What the hell? This is about to go down right now." And then it <laughs> definitely does. And oh, then too, like during during the battle, that the guy who was shot so incredibly, like when when Braun was sort of bouncing off flaming guys and mm-hmm. you know trying to uh, evade that Dothraki, and then he's like falling over, and you see uh, Drogon coming overhead and just spraying fire. Oh my God! I get chills every time. I've watched that probably five times now. <laughs> I you get know, chills you know every what? I'll time. tell you so what. Good. You talk about you talk about an artful use of camera, and you know all you fledgling directors out there, pay attention. The uh, the the slow mo shot when you see the Dothraki archers put a leg up on the saddle. Yeah. And I, I mean that that's just that that you you can't do it any better. You just cannot do it any better. You know I I have a history in the movie industry. I've worked as an actor for. Uh, good bit of time 
you know, you see a director do that, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was just so well done between all the filming, all the like choreography is not the right word, but you know what I mean. It was just, it was all perfect. And then even, you know, somehow Brian stays alive with Braun. I have no idea how he stayed alive. Jamie should have died too. Like I'm on the edge of my seat in excitement for the dragons. And then also nervous. Cause I don't want Jamie to die. He's one of the favorite bad guys we have. <laughs> he's a good guy. So it was just so well done. And then when he goes and talks to Cersei, the next episode, she goes, or it might've been to you. He's talking to Braun. We can't kill even the Dothraki. They don't fight to fight. They fight for like, was it not fun? It was, they fight for, like hobby basically yeah. came out to yeah they're killing him for, for sport it, <laughs> sport yeah they're killing him for sport it's just like jesus but uh if, if not for that i have been a big fan the last few years i know a lot of people didn't haven't liked the way it's gone and it was a little rough at times i've been really fond of the aria storyline i and it's finally towards the end of last season and now obviously this, this season started out with um her massive killing and getting revenge it's of the phrase it's been amazing her her development as the faceless girl because at first there was a long time like is this ever going to go anywhere and then it finally has and i can't wait to see how they utilize her next she's going to have peter's face on sometime that's happening it just has to but there's so much i really like about aria storyline a lot yeah um other than that we kind of already hit all the other points let's do do you want to predict any other endings, Nate, besides John killing Danny? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of different things that uh, I, I think we could potentially see in the final six episodes. I, you know, we, we sort of talked about this a little bit. Jamie killing Cersei. I think uh, that's going to go down much like he had to kill the Mad King, and it's going to be very poetic. Uh, the Clegane Bowl. It's got to happen. I, I think that perhaps we see Tormund dying, saving Brienne in battle. Um, I think Jorah might die, saving Danny again somehow. I mean, what other way would he have to die? <laughs> He's not going to die of grace yeah. anymore. Uh, and then Varys, too. I think that we, we see him meet his demise after uh, Melisandre tells him as much that he's going to be dying on Westeros. Uh, he's still probably get caught doing some kind of Weasley little finger style shit, but I don't exactly know what, but, uh, I think that, uh, that big eunuch will, will meet his greasy end. Yes. Yeah. Most, are, most are going to die. What about you, Mike? Um, the interesting thing you, you, that you asked, you, you wanted me to predict, I, I agree with all of those things, uh, that Nate said, uh, except that I think that Varys will not be doing something shady. I think that Varys will be doing something noble because when Varys has always, Varys is, you know, what do you want? He said, I want peace. And I think that's what he'll die in the pursuit of, um, I do like that. I just couldn't imagine him doing anything noble. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. It's underhanded, but it's a but it's for a good cause. You you asked me who do I think is going to end up sitting on the Iron Throne? And my answer is no one. No one. Does it melt? No, I think that I think that the one left standing at the end is Aegon Targaryen. And I think that he changes things. Because he doesn't want to be king. Oh, he makes like, like, a, like a democracy? Yeah, well, or, or independent kingdoms. I could see that with him. Or I could see him moving the, king, the, the, the place to Winterfell instead of King's Landing. Yep, yep. 
he has to, he has to stay in Winterfell the way I see it. I just don't see any life where John lives. He even said it. There's a million people living inside there. That must be miserable. That's mm-hmm. just he just can't he can't live there. No, he yeah. doesn't want to be there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I do think too that maybe it's a possibility that if he is uh, alive at the end and he doesn't if if the throne does still exist, which he probably wouldn't want it, uh, and Tyrion's still around, maybe he just hands it off to Tyrion. I could see if that Tyrion's still around, but I'm not sure he's yeah. going to be. Yeah, I don't I don't see how he's gonna survive another battle. That guy somehow misses getting trampled on by everybody. I have no idea how. It's pretty impressive. But uh, <laughs> I like the no throne idea. I think there could be something where John wins the war and then gives it to Sansa or something like that. Um, yeah. It's gonna be very interesting because obviously we're, we're these are just theories of ours. There's thousands of them out there. Um, as long as the, the 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 one that kills me is the Night King wins the whole thing, and that would just be horrible. <laughs> that would yeah, well, that would be so George Martin. So that would be so George Martin. Exactly. exactly, where he just goes and sits on the throne because it could be Winter Forever because he brings the storm. So yeah. it wouldn't matter. It would be something else. Well, gentlemen, that was fun. I don't know about yes, you guys, but that was a good time. Um, let's do this again, maybe. Uh, before the season starts in uh, 2019. How about that? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Remind me, st- I have to wait that one. <laughs> if we're still alive yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, easy now. Easy. <laughs> we're not in the That's game. That's a long Thrones. time. I, I cross I a lot of streets on a given day. You never know what might happen. Just keep the cold cuts out of your pockets. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys can find Nathan Doggin on Twitter at Nathan Doggin. That's with two K's. And his work, like I said, at Big Guy Fantasy, does the nasty cast, all that good stuff, and much, much more. And with Mike, you can find him on Twitter at Mike Yav, Y-A-V-13. Um, the Dear Mr. Fantasy, FNTSY Radio. Uh, always, and they're good, good followers on Twitter, guys. You can uh, talk to them about sports, anything. Like like Mike said, we basically tweet the uh, dragon gift back and forth when Stanton goes deep. So it's, been, it's been a fun month of August. Um, so, so really, really good time, but gentlemen, uh, I appreciate you guys joining me and we will definitely do this again sometime. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks. Everybody. This is Ben with Bubba episode 52 game of Thrones season seven recap. We'll catch you guys later. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.